Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career. For your family. For your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University. One of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OKF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, once again recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. Why? Because, folks, yesterday I learned two new words that I never, ever wanted to fucking learn. Do you know what those two words are? Let me tell you. They are Delmicron and Florona. Yes, Delmicron and Ferona. Now, when you think about those two words, I'm certain, I'm certain what comes to mind. Because when I read those two words in a latest article at the Daily Beast, also another article in the cut entitled, What Fresh Hell Is This? That is exactly what I thought. New year, new hellscape. So apparently, dear friends, Delmacron is a combo effect of both Delta and Omicron coming together and making a lovely double effect virus, a twindemic, if you will. Florona is the flu and Corona combined together to create a whole new fucking illness called Florona. Now you may be saying to yourself, Danielle, Where are you getting this information from? Well, let me tell you. The first case of Fluorona was detected in Israel by a pregnant, unvaccinated woman who didn't realize that she had either the flu or the coronavirus. She had a combination of the two of them. And why this is problematic is because obviously both the flu and the coronavirus affect your respiratory system, right? And so if you are an unvaccinated person who is, uh, you know, just living life willy nilly, you know, by the seat of your fucking pants, this is what these mutations are now mutating into. Now, I want you to think about Delmacron for a minute, because this is the one that scared the shit out of me. Because I kept saying, 
With so much Omicron virus that is in the air, with over 800, there are now, well, I'm certain by the time that you all listen to this, the number will have gone up, but currently 829,000 Americans have died from the coronavirus, 829,000. You still have governors like Ron DeSantis, who had a press conference to talk about how the vaccines don't work because people are still getting infected. Well, other than being a fucking idiot, Ron DeSantis also just isn't a doctor. And what we have known and what we have been told about the vaccine is that it won't stop you from getting infected. It will stop you from dying. But when you tell that to, you know, the white supremacist death cult, it falls on non-hearing ears. Nonetheless, what I have been fearing is what happens when you have a variant that is both evasive right, to the vaccines, as Omicron has shown itself to be, and spreads even faster than the previous Delta, but also now is actually just as deadly as the original one. So follow me on what I just said, that you would have a variant, right, that is the combo effect of having both the severity in symptoms that Delta has, but also spreads just as fast, if not faster than Omicron and is vaccine evasive, right? Therein lies Delmacron, where there have in fact been cases that have been reported of folks that have both viruses available in their system. Now, right now, This is not of quote unquote concern by the World Health Organization, but it is something that we will sure as fuck be following on Woke AF. Um, And I want you all to just be perking up your ears if you hear more chatter about Florona and Delmacron. Because the reality is this, we are not going to escape a new variant from forming. And the reason for this is what Dr. Jonathan Metzl has been telling us over the past two years, is that when there is more virus in the air, right, the likelihood of it mutating over and over and over again becomes higher. And he says the, the virus is mutating every single second of every single day, right? What we look for or what scientists look for are those variants that then become dominant, that then become that variant of concern that then become something that is sweeping the nation within three to four weeks. But the fact is this, the reality that we still have, right? Even as hospital systems are buckling across this country. And I'm thinking to myself, I I had this very dark thought last night where I said, maybe they should just all fail, right? Like, what do you think would happen if you know, every healthcare professional decided to walk off the job because they have reached their emotional capacity to be able to deal with this much death at one time. No one can prepare you for the type of training, right? Like there is no training that these people could have gone through in their years of medical school, nursing school, and what have you to prepare them for what life is like in this pandemic, where at this moment, 
right? We still are a country that is only 62% vaccinated. And what I just heard on cable news before I came on to broadcast is that those that are within the five to 12 year old range, you know, the numbers that are climbing in pediatric hospitals are only 14% vaccinated. And here's a question that was asked by Nicole Wallace on MSNBC that I feel the need to ask again. Why the fucking hesitancy? Do you know how many vaccines your fucking kids need to have in order for them to go to kindergarten, in order for them to walk into a Head Start or a preschool, right? So many. Do you know how many shots your newborn babies have to get in order for them to be clear, to do anything, to be able to be around people? I don't see anybody protesting that. And oh, because, oh, this is new. Bitch, so was the new iPhone. I don't see people saying that I'm so concerned about how quickly this was created, right? We look for ease in every other form of our lives and we take it, right? We look at, oh, facial recognition and we think to ourselves, oh, well, that's great. I don't have to punch in my code. It doesn't matter that Google and Facebook and everybody else is stealing my information and using the face recognition system to then sell to the police departments that my face could end up in a database one day, right? When we have an authoritarian dictator, no one thinks about that. Nobody thinks about the ways in which, you know, Netflix is tracking what it is that you're watching so that they can better sell to you, right? No one is thinking about that. They just think of the ease of being able to sit on your couch and get through movies and shows and not have to go into these theaters and, and be around people. Nobody thought about the fact that, oh my God, it's too quick about people delivering my food with DoorDash and Seamless and all of these caviar and all of these things. What if the people spit in my food? What if they tainted in some type of way? No, you just lobbed on to the convenience factor of being able to have hot food delivered at your door with you never having to leave your fucking home. The vaccine, these boosters are convenience for us to be able to have some type of normalcy in this abnormal fucking world that we're living in. And all I can continue to go back to with deep frustration and rage that is blossoming inside of me like a rose is the fact that all of this comes down to messaging and that somebody from Fox News, Newsmax, QAnon, the Trump administration, from fucking Congress should be held accountable for the goddamn deaths that we are continuing to see. Because all we understand now, folks, is this. It's not misinformation, right? It's not deception. It's full-blown fucking lies, from the mouths of a death cult that is led by a white supremacist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, anti-Semitic piece of shit, right? And the fact is, is that he was able to hook his claws into the psyche of the American public and just plant little seeds of doubt, which is what Trump and his fucking acolytes have all done. Plant these seeds all around the country in millions and millions of minds for folks to second guess, right? And decide that, no, no, they don't need seven, eight years of schooling. All they need is WebMD. 
All they need is a YouTube video of some fucking quack on there telling them that, oh yeah, take a horse tranquilizer. We'll do that, but we won't take a vaccine that is made for actual fucking people. You know, what pisses me off is, is so, is so much, but you know, what I tweeted today, uh, that really got me is, you know, we're watching the news reports go back and forth on how work should open. If schools should open, there are thousands of schools across the country, apparently that are closed this week and rightfully so, because they've either had teachers or nurses or administrators or children all test positive for COVID, right? Which of course that is going to happen. We just came off of one of the largest gathering holiday seasons, right? In this country. So what would have made the most sense, right? Let me offer a incredibly radical idea that I don't know why people with sense and with power to make these decisions didn't fucking think of. We could have instituted a two-week remote work situation and a two-week remote schooling situation, or better yet, make the winter break a little bit longer, tack that on to the summer months, right? And let school out a little bit later when it is warmer outside, when you have windows that are open, when you can do more activities outside. Also, that folks could have come off of the holiday, had some type of quarantine light, and then be able to test negatively back into school and back into the workplace as our seasons are changing, right? As we have warmer temperatures and as we created a much needed buffer between the holiday surge, right? And the rush back to work and back to school. Why couldn't have that, why couldn't that have been an option, right? The government doesn't have to mandate it, but they could strongly have fucking suggested it. They could have called all the governors together, at least the ones with some fucking sense and been like, here's an idea. Here's an idea, private corporations, which again are way ahead of the curve of government. And if you have the good fortune to work in private industry, many of them have been working from home. Those that had big decisions and grand plans to come back to work in January decided to wait out the fucking surge. I don't get it, right? Because here's the thing. We do so many things as it pertains to schooling that just doesn't make any fucking sense, but we do it because it's the way we've always done it, right? So in the area that I live in, in New York, and when I was growing up on Eastern Long Island, Schools, right, for high schoolers, you were going in at, say, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, and by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you were done, right? And so you're going home unsupervised because I don't know who the fuck is getting off work at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to look after their kids. It's the same, similarly with elementary school, where I grew up, right? Elementary school started at 9 and ended at 3 p.m., right? Which still to me makes absolutely no sense to have children operate on the opposite schedule of their parents and caretakers. We also have what? Summer breaks, which again, what is the point of having two months off from school? 
Oh, I don't know, because we used to be an agriculturally based society and you needed those summer months to harvest, to plant, to grow, to do all of these things. Well, now what do we know? We know that children lose learning right in the two months that they are not in school. And that summer break isn't actually a necessity. You could in fact have year round school where you just give those chunks of two weeks here or a week here right throughout the year. Okay. And then put children on their parents' schedules. Why do I say all of this? Because to make minor fucking changes as we are living in a global health pandemic, such as maybe the winter break being a little bit longer because we know that the surge always happens between November and fucking January, that maybe for the Christmas holiday, you wouldn't have kids return back, whether it is in elementary or secondary schools, you wouldn't have them come back until a couple of weeks later, which means that you then tack on the time that they have lost from learning to a later part of the year, like summer, when they don't actually need the full two fucking months off, right? All of this is arbitrary. It doesn't go with the psychology or the science with how children learn, right? I'm so tongue twisted because I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed why we continue to do things the way we have just because, right? With no adaptation and no innovation to the current moments. There was no reason, right? To say, okay, kids, well, it's January 3rd and we're back to school having no time between the amount of time that you were just around your family and relatives that are around the country, whether or not you were testing or not testing. And now we're going to take all of this super collected virus and we're going to push you into a school buildings with poor fucking air filters or a no HVAC systems. And we're going to do the same thing to your parents. And then we're going to sit around and we're going to look up at the sky and we're going to read the headlines and we're going to say, Oh my God, the surge is out of control. No fucking shit. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And all we keep hearing is that, you know, the country will continue to crater and fall if, you know, if people don't work while they're sick that, oh my God, kids and the next generations won't learn anything if we don't find ways to adapt our learning. You see, the thing is, is that we were already falling behind in so many fucking metrics when it comes to how we educate kids. The pandemic actually offered us a very clear picture of where our gaps are. Now, those that have been in education policy and have been in the education field have known this have been advocating and talking about the need for broadband, the need for better infrastructure in schools, the need to be able to use technology and adapt, right? But no, no, that all falls on non-listening ears, right? That all falls and we have debates, right? About choice and about this and about that. So that, you know, when Republicans are in control, they can continue to siphon off money from public schools. The fact is, is that we are a country that doesn't like to adapt. We don't like change. And that is exactly why Donald Trump was so delicious to the white supremacists in this country, which there are millions of. 
Just because they don't join up with the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys or the Boogaloo Boys don't mean that they don't subscribe to their values and mission, right? Donald Trump was such an amazing and a charismatic figure because you see, change scares white America. Because when you are steeped in a scarcity model, right, of you have so much because the world was created for you and your benefit, and anybody else that encroaches upon that is taking away from you in this land of abundance, right? Anyone that comes in the door and says, I'm going to stop them, right? And not only am I going to stop them, I'm even going to punish them for the audacity to believe that they could have what you have, right? So we don't like change. When you understand the psychology of white Americans, right? Then you understand like how we got to this place. The thing that has been pissing me off too is the fact that, you know, you have cable news outlets this week as we mark the year anniversary of the coup d'etat that are wanting to examine American extremism without actually using the word white. It is an American extremism. They aren't a bunch of average Joes, Haley Jackson, that decided one day that one day the grandmother was baking cookies and the next minute she's using a fucking fire extinguisher to beat the shit out of a police officer. This isn't, this didn't just happen, right? Oh my God, they were swept up. I actually fucking heard that. They were swept up in the emotions of Trumpism. These aren't, you know, these aren't real extremists. Well, then tell me who the fuck is a real extremist, right? Do you just have to be Muslim to be a real extremist? Do you just have to be black to be a real extremist? Oh, they were just, you know, caught up in emotion. Bitch, I get caught up in emotion all the time. It doesn't ever occur to me to go storm the fucking Capitol, build a guillotine, and threaten to hang the president, uh, vice president of the United States. You know, I I talked about this yesterday and I said that the, the burden of proof for white people in this country is so just disgusting, right? They get to be swept up. They get to be aggrieved. They get to be sad. They get to be, you know, uh, caught up in an opioid crisis, not an epidemic of drugs. They get to seek mental health for their racism. They don't get persecuted for it. I'm just tired, right? And so when I look at the situation that we're in and people keep telling me, oh, give Biden and Harris time, time to do what? Time to pat me on the head and tell me that everything is going to be okay. Tell me that, give me some fucking quote about Americanism and community and coming together without recognizing the state of affairs that we are in. Well, thankfully, folks, thankfully, there is an article that went up yesterday in The Guardian. And I'm going to read pieces of it because I got to tell you that it is going to take apparently the international community to call out the fuckery and the bullshit that is going on in America in order to set off some types of alarms. But the article in The Guardian entitled U.S. 
could be under right-wing dictator by 2030, Canadian professor warns. Maybe it's going to be the outside public and their fear of what a ripple effect would be when, not if, but when the United States falls. And so here is what Thomas Homer Dixon who is the founding director of the Cascade Institute at Royal Roads University in British Columbia. This is what he wrote. And I got to tell you that, I mean, I was stunned, right? I, 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 was, I was stunned. And I, and I actually, I don't even want to read my notes because my handwriting is sometimes quite atrocious. And so I'm going to read from the piece. So bear with me. This is what Thomas Homer Dixon says. We mustn't dismiss these possibilities that American democracy can collapse because they seem ludicrous or too horrible to imagine. In 2014, the suggestion that Donald Trump would become president would also have struck nearly everyone as absurd. But today, we live in a we live in a world where the absurd regularly becomes real and the horrible commonplace. Let me read that again, because this really hit me as I was reading it. Today, we live in a world where the absurd regularly becomes real and the horrible commonplace. You see, this is what happens when you don't check people when you don't hold them accountable for what they are doing, when you decide that institutionalism is more important than what is coming at you in real time. You see, you have the filibuster conversation, which we will get to, that I'm finally, right? Where the fuck was Schumer last year? Senator Schumer, who is the leader in the Senate, And my fucking senator, one of them, who has been my senator for my entire life, so that just tells you, um, finally is deciding to bring the filibuster, a change of rules, in order to get voting rights done to the floor on January 17th. Well, why is January 17th an important day? Oh, because it's MLK Day. And so he wants the likes of cinema and the likes of mansion who have already come out and said they're going to vote no, because they want to be the ones whose names I guess are embossed in the nail that goes into the coffin of our democracy. Because here's the thing. And I said this over the weekend on Reverend Al's show. If we do not pass John Lewis's voting rights act, we are fucking done. We talk about every election being consequential, but the last election, if we want to be honest, did not stop the coup. It merely slowed it down. And without there being direct urgency coming out of this administration, uttering the words that we are in danger, that white supremacy is on the rise, that American white extremism is now cemented in this country and that we must do everything in our power 
to reclaim and strengthen our democracy moving forward. And if that means removing archaic, racist laws that should have never been in place in the first fucking place, right, from our books, then so be it. Because at the end of the day, democracy falls, right, through our apathy. That's the fucking kind of speech I want to hear from the president and the vice president of the United States, not some feel good bullshit, right? Where we're going to come together. And I hope Republicans come to the table. Fuck them. They're not coming to your table. And if they do, they are bringing arsenic and a fucking torch. Do we not get that? Are, 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 are the, is the woke AF audience the only people that have been paying attention over the last two years? This is what else Homer Dixon had to say. And it was very blunt. And I said, you know, after watching, which I will get into, uh, don't look up the Netflix, uh, movie, which is terrifying. And if you have not seen it, um, and and if you like satire in the way that I do, this was so on the nose that I don't even know if you can call it satire, because it's just so evident where we are going. Like you had people screaming, right? On news stations, in the street, on social media, the world is ending. And instead of doing anything about it, people were debating whether or not a comet that was coming to wipe out the planet could provide jobs if we could mine it. And we think that that's absurd. Oh my God. So was weaponizing a fucking virus and calling it a democratic hoax when it's killed millions of people around the fucking globe. What do you think that everybody around the world is in on it? Right? Just to, you know, stick it to the Dems. How fucking self-centered and out of touch with the reality does one need to be? But let me not ask questions that I know the answer to. Let me just go on to say this. Homer Dixon writes this, by 2025, American democracy could collapse, causing extreme domestic political instability, including widespread civil violence. By 2030, if not sooner, the country could be governed by a right-wing dictatorship. Trump, he warned, will have only two objectives, if he is reelected, vindication and vengeance. Vindication and vengeance. Think about this for a moment. What was Donald Trump's biggest applause line back when he was campaigning in 2015? Lock her up, lock her up. What are Republicans saying about Joe Biden right now? 71% of Republicans polled believe that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president, 71%. So what would stop the Republican party from deciding to haul the Biden administration in the way that, you know, the Biden administration should be doing to the Trump administration, but you know, isn't because they said they have bigger fish to fry, you know, other than dealing with the collapse of our democracy. Um, what would be to stop them? from being the judge, jury, and executioner of every outspoken Democrat uh, that they don't like. Um, 
if they're in charge of the FBI and the CIA, how difficult would it be? Because, you know, the FBI and the CIA all have histories of what they have done to plant and to create strategies to kill civil rights leaders in this country, right? To make it look like it was a, you know, inter-civil rights dispute, right? To pin organizations and people against each other, but knowing all along that Hoover was the puppet master, right? Raiding and doing whatever. So what would stop the next iteration of the Trump administration if it isn't Trump himself or if it's the DeSantis administration to being the judge, jury, and executioner over our political leaders? Rounding them all up, right? Instituting martial law. Shutting down the likes of Twitter and Facebook and this thing and that thing. And you want to say, oh, that's crazy. That's ludicrous. That would never happen. But this is what Thomas Homer Dixon is saying. That again, up at the top, today we live in a world where the absurd has become regularly real, right? And the horrible has become commonplace. This is not the bottom. We are circling the descent. This was his ultimate warning for Canada, which I thought was... It took me back. This is what they write. A scholar of violent conflict for more than four decades, Homer Dixon said Canada must take heed of the unfolding crisis. He said this, quote, a terrible storm is coming from the South and Canada is woefully unprepared. Over the past year, We've turned our attention inward, distracted by the challenges of COVID-19, reconciliation, and the accelerating effects of climate change. But now, we must focus on the urgent problem of what to do about the likely unraveling of democracy in the United States. We need to start by fully recognizing the magnitude of the danger. If Mr. Trump is reelected, even under the more optimistic scenarios, the economic and political risks to our country will be innumerable. They go on. Homer Dixon said even saw a scenario in which a new Trump administration, having effectively nullified internal opposition, deliberately damaged its northern neighbor. He says this. Under the less optimistic scenarios, the risk to our country in their cumulative effect could easily be existential, far greater than any in our Federation's history. What happens, for instance, if high-profile political refugees fleeing persecution arrive in our country and the U.S. regime demands them back? Do we comply? Trump said, Trump, he said, quote, 
and a host of acolytes and wannabes, such as Fox News's Tucker Carlson and Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, had transformed the Republican Party, quote, into a near-fascist personality cult that's a perfect instrument for wrecking democracy. Worse, he said, Trump may be just a warm-up act. Still, through targeted harassment and dismissal, he'll be able to thin the ranks of his movement's opponents within the state, the bureaucrats, officials, and technocrats who oversee the nonpartisan functioning of core institutions and abide by the rule of law. Then the stage will be set for a more managerially competent ruler after Mr. Trump to bring order to the chaos he created. Folks, that is the picture that needs to be painted in clear technicolor that needs to be shared across every network, around every paper and blog, on every social media platform. You see, our problem in the United States is our lack of imagination in a lot of ways. We love to believe and get wrapped up in our hopefulness that good will always prevail. And I think that that is because Hollywood consistently feeds us a diet of bullshit and fairy tales. We believe that, oh, this could never happen here. You hear that phrase repeated over and over again. Oh, this is not the America I knew. Really? It isn't? It isn't the America that created a, an entire white mob to wipe out Black neighborhoods and businesses, it isn't the America that the government dropped a bomb on a, an area of Philadelphia in 1986. It isn't the America that murdered Tamir Rice and Trayvon Martin and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Sandra Bland and John Crawford, Alton Sterling, the list goes on and on and on and on. It isn't the America that once had internment camps for the Japanese, it isn't the America that stole land and broke treaties from Native Americans and put them on destitute, unfarmable lands. It isn't the America that locked children in cages, separated them from their families, where hundreds still may never be reunited. You can't fix what you refuse to see. That's what James Baldwin said. You cannot change what you refuse to look at. And so when I tweet on a regular basis, why can't mainstream media tell the fucking truth about who is responsible? Why is there such a desire and need to tiptoe around whiteness and white rage? Because you are fucking scared. And why are you scared? It isn't just because of the CEOs in the C-suites who see the money, right? The money and the rage, the money and the fear. It isn't just that. It is the fact that people are afraid of what white people will do. Well, why would you be afraid of such a benevolent group? Why would you be afraid of these gun-toting, lawless white supremacists? If they're all these, you know, grandma cookie bacon motherfuckers 
then why were they storming the Capitol? The fact is, extremism is extremism because regardless of the pigmentation of your fucking skin, you get caught up in it. White people aren't immune to it. They may, may in fact, have fucking created it. You've been lynching people. You've been beating people in mass. We just don't tell the story about it. Because our history in this country and the history of the world was written by the oppressors, not the oppressed. We keep telling ourselves, oh, history will remember you. Who's fucking history? We're burning books. We're banning authors. And it is just in a short amount of time, a handful of years, that we will be rounding up people and we will go for the academics. We will go for the protesters. We will go for the broadcasters who don't give a fuck. And who want nothing more than to tell the truth. We will round up those political people. Right? We will gun them down. And then we will turn around and we will call the people who assassinated them patriots. You know, Don't Look Up is a story about climate change. Right? And the fact that we had become a society that hates facts, that doesn't believe in truth, that can be whipped up and sold a big fucking smelly bag of bullshit so long it is wrapped right and in great packaging. We will mainline that shit. And when they tell us not to look up as a fucking comet or a virus is hitting us, 75 million people will. They'll keep their heads down. They'll recite your bullshit. We are here, folks. There is not a comet heading towards us, but the end is damn sure near. And I keep looking around, wondering and feeling like Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence in Don't Look Up, where they are screaming. The world is fucking angry. Cry about it. Be upset about it. Do something about it. But instead, they would waste the entire six months lead time to be able to create a strategy to do something, to then have it fall to capitalism. And greed. Just pure, unadulterated greed. You know, the thing that Don't Look Up didn't capture and focus on is how whiteness is leading it all. That's the only place that that film failed. They made it seem like, oh, everyone is not looking up. No, that's not true. But they needed to make something so absurd that everyone could see themselves in it and could see this moment. You know, I don't know what it is going to take. 
I don't know what it is going to take for enough Americans to get angry, to get actionable. I don't know if it's going to take another fucking, you know, Voltron transformer style variant of COVID that forces us regardless of whatever your affiliation is back inside, because it's either that or certain death from sniffing the air and dropping dead in front of the streets. You know, I continue to say that again, because of HIPAA laws, we didn't do a good job showing the devastation. You know, why didn't we show the hospitals that were being built in Central Park and that we were turning school parking lots into open air hospitals? Or do we not remember when the ships pulled in to the Hudson here in New York because we were at a hospital bed? Like, do we need people dropping dead in front of us in mass in order for us to wake the fuck up? And by then it'll be too late. And that's where I think that we are headed. At the end of Don't Look Up, the comet took out the planet. Right? But a small group of greedy motherfuckers would find themselves on a new planet somewhere, certainly not to survive. Right? But what do you think that the Bezos and the Bransons and the Musks are doing? They're creating their exit plan for them and their billionaire friends. They're building their nouveau Noah's Ark. The rest of us be fucking damned. So when are we going to get actionable? When are we going to get tired of waiting? The countdown clock started. On January 1st, one year, not even a handful of months until November, until the midterm elections that have already been rigged, that we've already lost. But we don't want to tell the truth. Because everybody's so worried about people being alarmed. Look around. I don't know anybody that isn't alarmed. Anyone that isn't on fucking edge. The truth hurts, right? But you can deal with it. You can move through it. You can make a plan about it. You can't if you continue to be an ostrich. You can't if you refuse to actually look up. We are headed for a world of hurt. America isn't just on the decline. It's not a what if proposition anymore. It is happening and it is happening in real time. We cannot use yesterday's tools to fix today's crises. It is not working. We got to find a new way forward. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF Daily. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. 
Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.